right, friend, if you're struggling with driving anxiety, which is something that I struggled with for many years, I want to encourage you to join me for my free live class. In this class, I'm going to be diving into what overcoming driving anxiety actually looks like, and I'm going to be teaching you lots of practical tips that will help you to experience more peace and freedom behind the wheel. And I know you might be thinking, Shannon, I've tried and I just can't do it. It's so hard. And this is why I want you to join me. I want to show you that it is possible and that it doesn't have to be so hard. So for all of the details and to sign up, just head to the link in my show notes and save yourself a seat. And if you join me live, I'm going to be doing a Q&A at the end of the class so you can get your questions answered right on the spot. But if you can't attend live, no worries. You'll get a replay directly sent to your inbox. I hope to see you there. And one of the toughest parts of driving anxiety was the feeling of missing out on life, but also missing out on doing very normal, everyday things without being consumed by anxiety and fear. I remember sitting in traffic sometimes, or on trains and planes, and I'd look around and I'd think, I bet that person isn't freaking out right now. Why can't you just be calm like that person? And I bet that person has never worried about pooping their pants in their car. What the heck is wrong with you? So often I felt so envious of everyone around me. It felt like the whole world was at peace while I was just trying to drive from my house to work without having a full-blown meltdown. Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, let's talk about driving anxiety. So if you've been with me for any amount of time now, you probably already know that driving anxiety is something that I struggled with for years. And to be honest, for a long time, it was something that I thought I would never overcome. And spoiler alert, I overcame driving anxiety six years ago, and today I drive with a whole lot of ease and peace. So I want to share what my experience with driving anxiety looked like for a few different reasons, but one of the biggest reasons why I want to share my experience with driving anxiety is because I felt so alone while I was struggling. I was truly convinced that nobody else struggled with the things that I struggled with while in cars. And it wasn't just in cars, it was really any form of transportation. And actually, now that I think about it, things like buses, trains, boats, airplanes were even harder for me for reasons that I'll dive into in this episode. So I say that I struggled with driving anxiety, but the anxiety I experienced had very little to do with the act of actually driving. My fears were a lot more centered around me feeling trapped and having a panic attack and not being able to handle it or losing control behind the wheel or being too far from quote safety or people witnessing me panic and thinking that I was absolutely crazy and also the fear of me pooping my pants. Yep, that last one. 
Toilet anxiety was something that I struggled with for years and it made it incredibly hard for me to ride in cars or on any form of transportation. And I honestly can't believe that I'm sharing this with a ton of people because it's something that used to be really, really hard for me to share with anyone. Like I'm talking my mom and Adam. So because of these fears, it was really hard for me to do everyday things like just drive to work. And thinking back on it, one drive to work used to take so much mental effort and nearly all of my energy. And other things were just as hard for me. Things like driving to the store and driving long distances, especially far from home, and going through drive throughs and driving in traffic and driving in unfamiliar places and driving on the highway and taking road trips and going on trips and driving in areas where a bathroom wasn't readily available. Honestly, I could go on and on and on. And in these situations, I was constantly trying to map out exit strategies and backup plans and quote, safer routes. Or I sometimes just avoided them altogether. Oh, and I almost forgot one of the bigger things that was hard for me, riding as the passenger. Yeah, that one was so rough because one of the biggest things for me when I was struggling with anxiety, panic, and agoraphobia was my constant need for things to feel in control. Like I had to feel like I was in control at all times. And any anxious thought or slight twinge of anxiety or sensation or symptom, and especially panic, almost instantly convinced me that I had no control. And riding as the passenger made me feel like I had a lot less control than being the driver, especially while on public transportation. Because on public transportation, it's not like you can say, hey, I'd like to get off now. No, like right now. I can remember many times being on trains and planes, experiencing full-blown panic and thinking that there was no way that I would get through it. And yes, I obviously did, but at the time, it was so uncomfortable and hard. I remember this one time Adam and I were on an airplane, and as soon as the plane door shut and the plane began backing up, I started to feel so anxious. And I remember grabbing Adam's hand and telling him that I was having a panic attack. And what did Adam look at me and say? Well, there's not much we can do about it now. And boy, was he right. That silly, sticky thought of the plane door shutting and me being trapped consumed me and filled me with so much fear. I remember thinking, I can't even get up. I can't move around. What the heck am I going to do? Yeah, I spiraled real quick, but I did get through it without the worst case scenarios actually happening. So in cars, I felt like at least if I felt anxious or panicky as the driver, I could pull over, or I could turn around, or I could drive faster to get to a quote, safe place, and I wouldn't have to look at the person next to me and tell them that I was freaking out. I could make up some excuse and I could just pull over, or turn around, or go somewhere quickly. And honestly, I just really didn't want to be embarrassed. I can remember experiencing anxiety and panic so many times as a passenger, and I'd think things like, nope, this can't happen right now. This person is going to think that I am crazy or an idiot. You can't tell them what's happening. And the saddest part about that was oftentimes the people sitting right next to me were the people who loved me most. My mom, my brother, Adam, friends, 
people who absolutely wouldn't think that I was crazy or an idiot and would do absolutely anything to support me. But as you know, when you're feeling incredibly anxious, you don't exactly see the logic and reality of your current situation. So if I felt any sensation or symptom, I would essentially immediately jump to, oh no, I'm going to have a panic attack and I'm not going to be able to handle it, especially while I'm trapped in this car or on this train, bus, plane, wherever I was, even though I had handled it every single time, just as you have. And one of the toughest parts of driving anxiety was the feeling of missing out on life, but also missing out on doing very normal, everyday things without being consumed by anxiety and fear. I remember sitting in traffic sometimes, or on trains and planes, and I'd look around and I'd think, I bet that person isn't freaking out right now. Why can't you just be calm like that person? And I bet that person has never worried about pooping their pants in their car. What the heck is wrong with you? So often, I felt so envious of everyone around me. It felt like the whole world was at peace while I was just trying to drive from my house to work without having a full-blown meltdown. And there were so many things that I wanted to do, but I often turned them down because I didn't want to feel more anxious or experience a panic attack. And honestly, sometimes I was just so tired and drained from doing the things that I had to do every day, like drive to work, that I had no energy for anything extra. I passed on so many opportunities that I actually wanted to be a part of. Things like going out with friends and going to concerts and going on road trips and going on hikes. I also did a lot of bailing on plans. I can remember many times driving like 15 or 20 minutes to go out with friends or to go on a date and I'd turn around and make up some excuse as to why I couldn't make it. And I'd feel so disappointed in myself. And the hardest part was that sometimes the person on the receiving end expressed how bummed they were, which made things that much harder. The thing that I wanted to tell people back then but felt I couldn't was, I don't want to cancel. Like, I want to be there. I just feel so scared right now and I feel like I can't handle how I'm feeling. And I'm disappointed too. And inevitably, I would drive home crying while beating myself up and convincing myself that this was what the rest of my life was going to look like. And if I didn't end up bailing, I would typically sit wherever I was thinking about how anxious I was or how anxious I'd become while trying to figure out the quickest way out of the situation and back home. Does this sound familiar? So you know that part in the beginning of this episode where I mentioned that I overcame driving anxiety six years ago? Yeah, it still blows my mind that I can drive, ride in cars, ride on trains and planes and boats and take trips without experiencing anxiety or panic. Like, what? Who am I? Just to give you a little insight, since recovering, I've taken three international trips and countless trips within the States. Just last fall, we took a family trip from Maine to Arizona, where we took a six-hour flight, drove two hours to Sedona once we landed in Arizona, and then drove from Sedona to the Grand Canyon and back to Sedona, and then of course took a flight back to Maine, all without anxiety joining me. And a few years ago, we took a trip to England, which included a long flight, train rides, and lots of drives. 
We even drove five hours from London to Cornwall and then back to London, all while Amelia was under one years old. But the bigger thing to me is, and it still makes me emotional, (laughs) I can do everyday things without experiencing anxiety and panic. And I don't think twice about doing them. And I never turn down anything because of anxiety. I drive Amelia to daycare and I drive to work and I drive to hiking adventures and I often choose to ride as the passenger, even on trains and boats and planes. I no longer convince myself that I'm in danger. I no longer convince myself that I'm far from safety. I no longer look for exit strategies. I no longer worry about whether or not bathrooms are available. I no longer battle with my thoughts and feelings. It's pretty incredible. And you might be wondering, well, why did you struggle for so long, Shannon? And how the heck did you overcome it? So I'm going to share some insights with you now, but I actually have something really exciting to share with you. So I'm going to be teaching a live class on overcoming driving anxiety on August 9th and August 10th. And in this live class, I'm going to be teaching you three steps for overcoming driving anxiety and general transportation anxiety. And these three things helped me tremendously in overcoming driving anxiety and getting me to where I am today. So to get all of the details and to sign up, simply click the link in the show notes. And if you aren't able to join live, absolutely no worries. You'll be sent a recording of the class. But if you join me live, you're going to get to participate in a Q&A session that I'll do at the end of the class, and you can get all of your questions answered right on the spot. So I really hope that you can join me because it's going to be so good. But for now, let me just dive into a little insight on why I struggled for so long and some shifts I made that really helped me. So one of the biggest reasons why I struggled for so long was because I thought that if I just kept driving and riding on public transportation and pushing myself, I'd overcome driving anxiety. And let me tell you, you can't just drive every day and overcome driving anxiety. Trust me, I drove every day and I still struggled for years with anxiety and panic in cars. I drove to work, to school, to stores, on road trips, on highways, through drive throughs you name it. Although facing your fears is absolutely a huge part of overcoming them, there's so much more to it than that. Let me explain a bit more of what I mean by this in the next one. So another reason why I struggled for so long was because I was trying to tackle specific fears, symptoms, and thoughts, and I was so fixated on making these things go away. For example, I was so focused on figuring out how to not panic while driving or riding as a passenger, and how to not panic while sitting in traffic, and how to overcome toilet anxiety, and how to not feel nauseous and how to not feel dizzy and lightheaded, and how to make the thoughts about passing out stop, and how to make the thoughts about being too far from safety go away. And the list goes on and on and on. It's almost like I was convinced that there was a specific solution for each of my fears, symptoms, and thoughts, when in reality, there is no one solution. And I should have been focused on fixing my overall relationship with anxiety, because the anxiety panic, fears, symptoms, and the thoughts were never really the problem. 
It was how I was responding to all of it that was the problem. When I was driving and facing my fears, I should have been a lot more focused on creating a healthy response to and relationship with anxiety. It was about facing the hard stuff and responding to anxiety and panic in a healthy way, whether I was driving or riding as a passenger or just sitting at home. And surprisingly, lots of healing from driving anxiety actually happens when you aren't behind the wheel or riding as a passenger. It's also about doing the work outside of the car or bus, train, plane, whatever it is. It's about changing your self-talk and practicing self-care and changing unhealthy behaviors and working to create new and healthy ones. There's so much to recovery besides facing your fears. So if all of what I've shared and then some has resonated with you, I really want to encourage you to join me in my free live class. In the class, I'm going to be teaching you lots of tips that will help you to start responding in a healthier way to the anxiety, symptoms, panic, and fears. And I'll help you to see why you're stuck and how you can keep moving forward in healthy ways. And before I end this episode, I really want you to hear me on this. You aren't crazy or weird or broken or in need of fixing or beyond fixing. It's your relationship with anxiety that needs some fixing. And you are capable of doing the work that will help you to experience lots more peace, joy, and freedom behind the wheel and in life in general. You won't struggle with driving anxiety forever. I know that you may be convinced that you will right now, and this is another big reason why I want you to join me in my class. I want to show you that you don't have to continue to struggle with driving anxiety, and it doesn't have to continue to be so hard. All right, until next time, my friend, keep taking healthy action. And before I end this episode, I want to mention that I'd really appreciate it if you shared this episode or any others with somebody who you feel could benefit from what I share here. You sharing these episodes is what helps me to reach and support others who need it. And if you have an extra minute in your day today, I'd also really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review and this too is what helps me to help more people to heal and overcome. All right, until next time, friend, keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.